If you love what you hear, check out our authors Andrea Stewart and N.A. Fulton on Amazon.com, and be sure to subscribe to our Dark Romance Novels and Stories podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast provider. Learn more about us at audioiron.com. Wedding Bones. A Dark Regency Mystery Romance by Andrea Stewart. Copyright 2022 by Nancy Fulton. All rights reserved. Get more great dark romances and mysteries at audioiron.com. Chapter 3. Aria watched the broad-shouldered, sturdy, dark-haired doctor move toward her and had the sense that time had stopped. When he offered her his hand, she took it. His skin was darker than hers, hands large, long-fingered, and strong. He pulled her, unresisting, to her feet. Then he swept her up in his arms and carried her across the yard, into the shadow of the manor, and then into the warm, moist, kitchen. The big room featured a large work table surrounded by a half-dozen chairs. Through an open arch there was a parlor with the servant's dining table, a cupboard full of dishes, a small piano, and a fiddle hanging on the wall. For the stranger's benefit, the cook and her scullery maids made a fuss. They pulled a chair away from the table, watched him put her down, and then ran for a cup of cool water. At her request, one of the scullery maids even went to the garden to get her basket, and when she came back the cook ordered her to wash the vegetables and start the broth to boil on the huge wood-burning stove. All this represented quite a change for Aria. Until this moment, the staff had made it abundantly clear they suffered her presence below stairs only because she was mistress of this house and they had no stomach for complaining to their notoriously brutal master. If she liked to play in the dirt, harass the groundsmen, and bring carrots in from time to time, they would tolerate it with irritated ill grace. But today, they were nothing but solicitous. She were much ill these many days past, said the middle-aged, somewhat sweaty cook. She offered Aria a cool wet cloth to put on her head. And I swear it were no fault of mine. She added defensively. The fish were had by the entire house, and only the lady and master took sick. Aria saw the man assessing the cook with a calculating eye. A moment later, he was looking about at the reasonably clean and well-ordered kitchen. His gaze encompassed the scullery maids, Jane and Esther, in their clean grey dresses and worn white aprons. One was sixteen, the other fourteen, and it was the younger expertly chopping the vegetables for her soup. She was indeed very ill, we were all very worried for her. The doctor has come twice a day to see her. Lydia, Arya's lady's maid, said without looking up. I assumed it was the fish that made her ill. That it had been left too long in the kitchen before it was cooked. Such a thing can happen, can it not? The physician, still a stranger without a name, looked into the servants' dining room where Lydia was carefully penning Henry's death notices for delivery to family and friends. At twenty-nine, she was a tall, buxom, beautiful, and quite self-composed woman. To Aria's eye, Lydia was exactly what a Viscountess should look like. She had beautiful mahogany hair, deep blue eyes, long tapered fingers, an aristocrat's grace, and a completely unflappable manner. It was not the fish. I'll not have you spreadin' lies about me Miss Lydia Bullens. 
It were in the river not two hours before it were on the table. Think you I would leave fish to rot in my kitchen? The cook said sharply to the woman in the other room. Lucy, the rosy-cheeked, red-freckled, brown-eyed young housemaid who happened to be descending the stairs just at that moment, stowed her dust mop and cleaning rags in a cupboard as she said. I thought it were the fish as well, though I saw the games man bring it in. I thought perhaps we stowed it too near the fire as it waited to be cut. What I do know is the sick from both of them, from both ends, well I never saw the like. She broke off when she realized she was speaking to a stranger and the Viscountess was seated at the table. If you'll pardon me for saying so, my lady. She said as she ducked her head. By both ends, you mean vomit and feces. The doctor said. The girl looked to Arya for guidance. Please speak freely. Arya said to her. This man is a physician working for the magistrate. He must answer questions as to the cause of the Viscount's death at the inquest. Respond to him honestly, for what you say to him will be relayed to the crown. Yes, my lord. The housemaid said. It was a right mess. In both their beds, on the floor, around the chamber pots. The master. Her nose wrinkled. The master were right-coated. I never saw the like nor ever knew anyone who did. Did you smell anything strange? The doctor asked. Almonds, for example? Or something bitter? He clarified. No, sir. Said Lucy. I didn't smell nothing I couldn't see. Tis sure the master he liked his whiskey, and the mistress loves her lemon verbena, but there were nothing beyond that and the sick and the shite and the blood. Are you sure? No rotten eggs or garlic? No other odd smells at all? He asked. The housemaid shook her head from side to side. Her white cap shifted a little on her unruly mop of untamable curls, and her coffee-colored eyes opened very wide. Did you see anything at all that was unusual or out of place? Was everything exactly as it should have been when you entered the room? The doctor asked. The young woman thought for a long moment. Then she said, there were caked mud on the floor of both rooms though I swept the two right before dinner. I thought perhaps the master had walked after dark like he sometimes do. Bain nodded, then asked. Was anything missing? My lady's lawn nightgown disappeared. Said Lydia without looking up. I have looked high and low for it. I cannot think where it might have gotten to. All heads swiveled to look at her and then at Aria. I was sick upon it and took it off. I put another gown on. I should think it was near the chamber pot or kicked under the bed. Is it not in the laundry with the rest of my dirty linen? Lydia looked up to stare at Aria. For a long moment, their eyes met and Aria felt a freeze on the fear climb her backbone. For the last three days, Aria had been confined to her room, and the dirty gown was still under her mattress. There had been no safe way to get rid of it. Now she knew it would be critical to do so soon. Tell me exactly how you found the Viscount. Said the stranger to Lucy. Was he lying in his bed or on the floor? The maid looked around, seeking some kind of help from the cook or the scullery maids or Aria, then surrendered to the inevitable. I were not first to find him, sir. It were the footman who came to bring him his tray at half past nine. I came in after. But you did see him early in the morning, before his body was moved. Is that right? You've said as much I believe. 
said the stranger. I want to know exactly what you saw when you looked at the Viscount. And be quick about it. I cannot waste the day here trying to get you to talk. This man had a temper, thought Arya, and he was not inclined to suffer fools gladly. My lord were curled over by his chamber pot, and his head were on its side. Was he lying on his right or left side? asked the stranger. Left, I think. She said. And where did you see blood? Only in the bed? The doctor asked. On the bed, on his pillow, some under his head, on his dressing gown. It might have been anywhere, what with all the sick and shite. I did not look to see. She said. Then, rushing, she added. Please don't ask me more, my lord. I feared to come close, so I ran away. I cannot say for sure what I saw then or later. Do not address me as my lord. The man said sharply. He looked around the room at the assembled company, then back at the maid. You may call me doctor or sir. My father was a farmer, my mother a farmer's wife. I'm as like to you as your own brother. No one here has anything to fear from me who tells the truth as best they know it. Just then, a voice on the stair caused every head to swivel toward Bullens and one of the footmen who were even now descending. Bullens was saying, Mr. Carey, you and the maids will search the house for the gentleman, while the grooms will search the grounds. We must all hope he hasn't gone for a walk and become lost in the woods. Now in the kitchen, Bullens looked up and saw the doctor, then his eyes dropped to Arya. Dr. Bain, said the butler with a touch of censure. I am afraid the Earl and Viscount have been calling for you this past half hour. Have you not heard them? The doctor gave Arya a clinical look, then said. I did not know my presence was required. I found your exceptional kitchen garden and stumbled across the Viscountess collecting ingredients for a broth. It seems she has been very ill, a fact I did not know, and I brought her in. She must be given the broth your cook offered to make her, and we must allow her to sit here quietly until she feels well enough to return to her room. I can go now. Arya said, starting to rise. You can sit down. Said the doctor firmly. Thank you, sir, we are so grateful for your good counsel I am sure. Said the butler smoothly. Now, let me escort you back up. Bane left Arya seated in a chair by the kitchen table and followed Mr. Bullens upstairs. Arya, shaken by the events of the last hour, wondering at the news Henry's death might give her an income, wanted nothing so much as to lie down. But she feared if she did not eat something soon, she would go to her bed and never get up again. She was so very weak and so completely overwhelmed by all that had occurred. Wedding Bones. A Dark Regency Mystery Romance by Andrea Stewart. Chapter 3. Copyright 2022 by Nancy Fulton. All rights reserved. Get more great dark romances and mysteries at audioiron.com.